Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the Bear of Texas, and my guest today, you have seen him before, but this man is so unique that the way he manages any business, he does it for a motivational purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, the fact that this guy was able to put up with me for so long is a freaking miracle. He's a good friend. He's a good mentor. I give to you, Matt freaking Gwynn. What's going on, brother? What's up, Alex? Glad to see you again, man. I'm glad to see you. And I had to give you that proper intro because, you know, you really are a good friend. You're a mentor. And, you know, you know where I'm at in life, you know, my career, you know, you've been there for me, man. I try, man. I try to support you as much as I can. You know, I just recently got a new tattoo, you know, it says be a good human. That's just what I live on, man. Just be a good person and good things will happen. Exactly, uh, exactly. Motivate the people that, you know, you come with in your life and you, you never know what little thing you'll impact. You know, I didn't know that I was going to have such an impact on you, but here we are. I mean, the whole story is, you know, like, you know, I, I had that job, you know, to try to make it, but, you know, it. Life is life is just tough, but you know when I kind of told you, you know what, what I was like getting into and and the, the way I knew my I knew my stuff. I mean, you were kind of like, well, look at that. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So what uh, what do you think about them Cowboys? I mean, I I, <laughs> I I said on Twitter and I praised the hell out of Dan Quinn. I said that Dan Quinn went to Hollywood and he directed a high action thriller based on how his defense was able to play. And that oh, is no exaggeration. Yeah. But why do yeah. I say why do I say thriller? It's because the offense just kept screwing up and screwing up and screwing up only for the defense to just make things right. So the defense was in such a bad situation, they got out of it, so I call that a thriller. I mean, I think you're right to a point. I really don't think the offense has been that bad. I mean, Cooper Rush is what three and zero this year, four and zero. Yeah, four and zero this year, five five and zero in his career. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's been playing great. Like, I'm ready for Dak to come back, but I really think that he's been playing mistake free for the most part and relying on the good offensive line, Tyler Smith. I'm loving him. Relying on the running backs and you know. Not not scared to make the big throws, and that's really what it takes when the defense has really been so dominant. I mean, Micah oh. Parsons is probably, you know, arguably, besides Aaron Donald that we saw yesterday, the best defender in the league. Oh, yeah, and especially in the, in the pass rush. And, you know, and you mentioned Tyler Smith. Now, Tyler Smith, unfortunately, you know, he did have two holding penalties. He gave up two sacks. But you know what? Let's remind everybody, he went up against Aaron Donald, okay? A rookie yeah. going against a veteran pass rusher. Okay, it could have been a whole lot worse, but he only allowed two sacks. I mean, it's a rookie going up against, in my opinion, a top five defensive player of all time. Aaron Donald has been a beast his whole career. And for a rookie who, you know, he played left guard and then played left tackle now. And, you know, he's just out there learning. He came into the league making mistakes in college. That's one thing we said about him before. Yeah. And to go against the best in the league and only give up two sacks, only have two penalties, I'll take it. And I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure if you ask him, Tyler Smith learned a lot from going up against Aaron Donald, and that's only going to be the benefit to the team. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like I said, when we got Tyler Smith, you know, I, I'm sure I told you this, I wasn't really 
that's not the pick I would hope for, but you know what? Let's see what the man can do. And so far, there, and like you see, and the same thing with Pollard. I mean, Pollard bro- breaking the tackles at that 57 yard touchdown run. I mean, we needed that, that big time. Beautiful. But I mean, see what what sprung that was Zach Martin blocking Aaron Donald and opened up the hole and you know Pollard hit it as explosive as he is made a couple guys miss and his speed he was gone and you know whenever Zach Martin was drafted I wasn't a fan of it we had uh, Travis Frederick whenever he was drafted wasn't a fan of it Tyler Smith or um, yeah Tyron Smith. The original left tackle, the original Smith, whenever he was drafted, wasn't a big fan. Like, those aren't splashy picks. You would much rather, you know, all these position guys and, you know, ex- excellent pass rushers or, you know, thrilling receivers. But when you get these linemen that initially draft them the first, you know, half the year, you're like, okay, yeah, good player, whatever. But I really think Tyler Smith could be a cornerstone left tackle now and really, really make a big difference like Tyron Smith, like Travis Frederick, like Zach Martin, hopefully. Yeah, totally. But, you know... Um, if, we, if we can get that kind of production out of that pick, we're going to have a dominant dominant line until Zach Martin retires. Hopefully. I mean, that's what the Cowboys need to work on because that that's what we need. We need an offensive line, you know, especially on offense. And, you know, when we got that strip sack fumble return for a touchdown at the beginning, you know, honestly, I was like, you know, th- th- this is something huge. And then, of course, we get that block punt, which, which by the way, was Doran Armstrong got the sack. It was Demarcus Lawrence who returned the pit, who returned the fumble. So, but when we got that block punt, and then we were able to get it at the twenty, and then the offense fails to score. Or this is something that I've been stressing about all season. Like, if you, that's basically called a wasted drive. And wasted drives like that or momentum kills. Like we should have been up fourteen nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the play calling yeah, I, immediately. I'm, I'm like, okay, so you run the first two plays, but then like like that. I mean, the play calling immediately out of the out of the get go. Like instead of being up fourteen nothing, we have to be up nine nothing. I really do think if we had Dak Prescott, we would have won that game by thirty. I honestly do. I mean, the offense, the offense didn't lose the game, but they left a lot of points on the board, and we still won by two two touchdowns. I mean, so the fact like, that we – that defense shows the how dominant the that defense is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry to have cut you uh, off. The fact that we can, we can leave no, – no, left point, we left probably two to three touchdowns on the board, and we still won by two touchdowns. It shows – Dan Quinn, I don't know if you can give a coordinator of offense or a head coach of the year, but I wish we could. Dan Quinn is, I think I said it whenever we spoke last, like that was the re-signing for me for Dallas. That's oh, whenever yeah. we got Dan Quinn back, I was like, we'll be okay. Yeah, you you did in he, fact say that. So magician. I will I will vindicate you on that. You did you did in fact say that. But you know, Dan Quinn was the one who he made the choice. Like he even said he never even wanted to leave Dallas. He just did the interviews, I guess, just just added to his resume. Yeah. But you know, and I'm telling you, when Dan Quinn became defensive coordinator from the get go, I was all for it. And you know, of course, I got heat for it because they're like, "Why are you so excited about the guy?" I mean, they always want to bring up you know the Super Bowl twenty eight to three. I'm like, you see, that's our problem <laughs> right there. You know, living in the freaking past. All right. Okay, yeah, he got fired from his head coaching job, but you know what? 
it's a fresh start. When you get a fresh start in life, who knows how great things are? It's a much-needed thing for Dan Quinn and for the Cowboys. I agree. Do you know who I think needs a fresh start after this year? And I know Ooh. they're playing well. Kellen Moore. I, I haven't been a big fan of him in the last couple years. And I'm really... I just don't think this offense is creative. And I know it doesn't make any sense for me to think that because last year we were number one in offense. And now he's been playing the last four games without his starting quarterback. Like, I, I guess it might not all be on him. But I just I don't get an explosive offense when I get Kellen Moore. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think Kellen Moore has kind of done well enough to keep his job? Like, what are you thinking? Honestly, no. And look. Right from the right from the beginning, I never, ever, ever trusted Kellen Moore. I felt that him getting the play calling duties was not a good thing. You don't just give it to a guy who's just st- who's still new to coaching. I feel like getting the privilege to call the plays is something that you have to pay your dues for in the NFL as a coach. My problem with Kellen Moore is, you know, the fact that he was under Jason Garrett. Okay, now with all that conservative, questionable play calling, it bothers me. Yes, we had a top offense, but here's the problem. All that, all those offensive yards going against the horrible teams like Washington, for instance, and the Giants, who are apparently look, starting to look good again, it's not to take anything away from Moore or for Prescott, but you can't ignore the fact that these stats come against horrible teams. Like, if Prescott can throw for over 400 yards against a useless Washington team, why couldn't he do that against a very good Green Bay Packers team or against, or against a good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? But it's not only on Dak. I mean, the the Kellen Moore, like, his play calling is what bothers me the most. The conservative play calling just means he's just another Jason Garrett. Like, yeah. there was a particular play when the Cowboys got pinned deep. Tony Pollard got the first down, but there was a holding penalty. And we could have gotten the first down, but the play, the, the, play, the passing, you, you pass to the side. You don't pass to the side, especially when there's two defenders right there. You're supposed to go forward. So the the play calling for so long, I'm just like, what the heck's he doing, man? Well, I'm I'm also a little curious to put more of it on Dak than I do Kellen, only because in Dak's interview, whenever they asked, you know, they asked him, what could you have learned from Cooper Rush? Like, what are you learning from him during this time that you're injured? And he said, I'm learning how easy the game can be, and that's terrifying to me. As as a Dak fan, that's terrifying to me because that means that whenever he's out there, he's trying to, you know, uh, just overcomplicate everything. And he's trying to make too much of what these play calls are. And I don't know if that's coming from Kellen Moore or that's just Dak overthinking. But Cooper Rush is not audibling. He is not going to the line. And I mean, I'm sure he'll make minor adjustments, but he's going up there with a play call saying go and then making the play and not being scared to throw it, not being scared to do anything with the ball. And I don't think that Dak does that. I think Dak is more worried about make, making mistakes where it forces him to make mistakes because he's thinking about it. I think Cooper yeah, Rush exactly. is just going out there and playing football and is going well. Well, the problem with Prescott is, well, one of the problems is he has a habit of just trying to be the hero. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll admit it. I kind of got this a little – the analogy kind of came from the movie Zombieland, like, no, don't be a hero. But, (laughs) but, you know, look, the problem is, you know, when his offensive line, when the pocket collapses, you know, rather than throw it away, he'll try to instead try to scramble. I mean, he's already putting himself in danger. 
But, you know, with Prescott, too, is, you know, the accuracy sometimes is a problem. His inconsistency is a major problem. Look, I'll admit, maybe at times I've been hard. I have been maybe too tough on Dak. But everybody just tells me you're just a, you're just a frustrated Cowboy fan that just can't that can't keep the journalism, you know, intact because it's just because it's my team and I love my team. Maybe. But the problem is with Brett Prescott is, 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 is it's the fact that he wants to try to play the hero. I mean, look. If there's nobody open and like that, just throw the ball away. I mean, so sometimes if there's nobody open and like that, maybe the play calling wasn't correctly. But at the end of the day, I mean, everybody needs to get their fair share. But the problem is this: when you start with a bad offensive line and there's no protection, you know, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, I mean, I think Dak has played well. Like I said, last year, Cowboys were number one in offense. So obviously he's a good quarterback. Uh, he's probably a top 15 quarterback. If I want to be really mean to him, I would put him somewhere <laughs> from eight to 12. You know, he's a top eight, top 12 quarterback and you can win with that. And Cooper rush is a backup who got cut in the preseason and nobody wanted him. So I very much am looking forward to Dak Prescott coming back. Cause with this defense and Dak at the helm, I think, like I said, we could have beaten the Rams by 30. Even though there are questions I have about Dak, I think if you combine how great Dak is as a leader, you know, he and he does play the position well and he's had success before. Offensive line is playing good. Tony Pollard is the best running back on the team. And CD Lamb is trying to become his number one receiver that we need him to be. And the defense is just being amazing. Dak Prescott is only going to help that. I don't think there's any possibility that. Dak Prescott comes out and just throws a dud and we're better with Cooper Rush. Well, obviously, I mean, when Dak Prescott comes back, you know, obviously I will be excited, but you know, even even if like if when if Prescott comes back and the offense all of a sudden gets better and better again, you know, I say I always say no matter what, if that's the case, no matter how better it, it gets, there's nothing you can take away from Cooper Rush and you can't you can't talk about the offense without even mentioning Cooper Rush because Cooper Rush was a part of it. I mean, I'll be honest. After that disastrous week one, I thought that the season was going to be over. I didn't have, have any faith in Cooper Rush because I felt like the offensive line was so bad. I thought that Mike McCarthy was going to be fired, you know, within two weeks. But, you know, and honestly, speaking of McCarthy, I mean, McCarthy's been coaching a whole lot better. I had to give him his props. Yeah, McCarthy has definitely surprised me this year. I mean, I liked him in Green Bay, and then he came here and didn't really do much. And I was like, oh, no, like, what did he just get carried by Aaron Rodgers? You know, the same way Tom Brady carried Bill Belichick. Did, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's controversial. But, you know, did Aaron Rodgers carry Mike McCarthy into being a good coach? And because he came here and kind of laid a dud for two seasons. and But this season, with the help of Dan Quinn, and I think he's done very, very well. But I really do think Dan Quinn is the switching staff. I know Mike McCarthy's there. Quinn doesn't do anything with the offense, but the defense is so fantastic. I can't say it enough. This defense is going to win us however many games they can. Because the offense, even with Dak in there, with offense can only go so far for me. Yeah. Speaking of the defense, I mean, it's. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, that old adage of defense wins championships. We're going to see if that comes true this year because oh. our defense 
if we go to the playoffs, we're going to have to have a good defense. And if we play one of these high-profile offenses, we're going to have to hold them to 20 points to even possibly, possibly win. Speaking of 20 points, the Cowboys have yet to even allow 20 points this season on defense. Exactly. <laughs> They're averaging 14 points a game. Right, I, I mean, mean, you could you could go out there and throw the ball and turn around and hand the ball to Tony Pollard, and as we would win. If the Demons is holding them to 14 points, we would win. Like, it's, it's so easy to be an offensive coordinator or to be a backup quarterback and win when the defense is only giving up 14 points. That's crazy. That's a crazy number for me. It, it is. And speaking of the defense, you know, Trayvon Diggs obviously had a bad, he had a bad day yesterday. You know, he got, he got burned. Well, we saw the two plays where he got torched badly. Look, and yeah. I, and I wrote my recap. I'm like, look, he's not going to be perfect every single week, but what happened to him against the Rams, he needs to take that with a grain of salt and make sure it doesn't happen against Philadelphia. Like you have to have these yeah. to happen to understand you know, what went wrong. Now, but at the same time, you know, you know, it, it, it was two plays like that, but, you know, the defense just stepped up. And I mean, the sacks, you know, the pressure, the, I mean, I'm telling you, that turnover at the end when Stafford threw that interception, he was under so much pressure. He ran around. See, Stafford kind of pulled a, took a page out of Dak Prescott's playbook. He tried playing the hero. He threw the ball away, and then, you know, it got intercepted. Yeah. I mean, Trayvon Diggs definitely did get burned. But I have the old adage that uh, anytime like these athletes that are usually really, really great do bad, I've always said, you know, Jordan had off games. LeBron has off games. I know that's basketball, but, you know, these these players are allowed to make mistakes. They're allowed to have bad days. He's still, I mean, he's still performing very, very well this year. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, yeah, like I said, Michael Jordan made mistakes. Babe Ruth made mistakes. I mean. Back in the 90s, you know, when the Cowboys were dominant, they made mistakes too. I mean, see, it's mistakes like this that can help Trayvon Diggs get better. So. The the same way Tyler Smith had, you know, four mistakes. Exactly. That, there that you go. It's, it's going to be fine. Next time Trayvon Diggs knows that he's guarding Cooper Cup, maybe don't go for the ball. Just play Cooper Cup. Just you know, and that's what, exactly. And that's what, I, that's what I love and hate about that kid. I mean, I guess he is younger than me. I can call him kid. Uh, um, is that he just goes for the big play, and I love it whenever he does it. And last year he did it quite a lot, and it was fantastic to watch. But when he doesn't get that big play, we don't really have the fantastic safeties to back him up. You know, I mean, we have good safeties. Like, Curse is really good. Hooker's good. You know, these, these safeties are good, but they're not elite safeties that can help Diggs whenever he gets burned. And he just goes for big plays every single time and gets burned sometimes. I think another mistake right there, the similar mistake to Prescott and Stafford, he tries playing the hero. I mean, that's, that's gotta be a rule in general. Don't be the hero. Don't even think about being a hero. Just, just don't think at all. Focus on the play. And I think also you mentioned how he goes for the ball. I think Trayvon Diggs just kind of lives in a bit of a, of a nostalgia. Cause remember he used to be a wide receiver. I always yeah. tell people, like, don't be surprised the way he, he – people say, uh, the, notice how he intercepts the ball, it's like he catches. He used to be a receiver. Nick Saban, you know, made, made, gave him the switch you know, at the University of Alabama. We know the story, how, you know, he was sad about it. But, you know, it turns out he's great at it. So he, he has basically a talent that he, he was not aware of. I mean, we all have something like that. So, so I, I just think that, yeah, Diggs just kind of lives in a little bit of a nostalgia you know, of his days as a wide receiver. But I, I just think that sometimes, you know, he makes that mistake you know, like, like that and tries to go for the ball instead of the coverage. And 
So like that, I get it. You want the interception, interception, a pick six. There's nothing better that, that feels better than, than a pick six, but, you know, just play corner, like, you know, cover, basically. I mean, like, and with how aggressive Dan Quinn's defense is, I mean, that defense flies around the ball. It's it's kind of second nature for him to go for it, and I understand why he does it. I think he just needs to pick his spots a little bit better on when he goes for it. You know, exactly. I, I, I love when he does go for it, but he needs to on that route. Whenever, you know, a cup ran across his face and Diggs was trying to catch up, you should know you're not going to be able to undercut that ball. You know that you're not going to be able to undercut it and know that you don't have safety help. You need to just make the tackle. Instead of just making the tackle, he went for the pick and missed and cup ran for what? 75 yards. That's yep, like, no, yards, no, yeah. no one was catching him. And then on the other one, he just got burned. I don't think, I think he expected safety help and it wasn't there and he just got burned. But I mean, it was, that's just, it was just a spur. It was just a spur of the moment mistake that happened that, that you see that happened a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that, that defense, I mean, I'm telling you like coming up clutch, I mean, you know, right after that interception, you know, the, the offense of course does nothing and gives the ball right back to, back to the Rams. But then, you know, that's when, Micah Parsons, you know, had the game-winning strip sack fumble, which I, I forgot who re- – I think it was recovered by Odigazua, I believe. Well, I'm not sure. I forgot who recovered the second time. But, but you know, Micah um, Parsons, you know, we thought that he had suffered a groin injury. I mean, he, he admitted that he, he did like that. But, you know, he came, he came in and, you know, he finished. So I think he's going to be okay. But I think the Cowboys got to take it easy on him at practice this week because the last thing we need is Parsons being hurt. Yeah, I think uh, Dan Quinn was on with the fan today, and I'm pretty sure he said uh, that he is kind of like taking it easy this week, but he should be good to go against the Eagles. But okay. definitely take we're it easy. Him. Pre- yeah, we're, we're gonna definitely going to need him. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, four and one, man. I mean, you project you predicted what? Four and 12, and I went 12 and four? <laughs> I pred- Yeah, around around that range. I predicted somewhere, yeah. I think, like between four and six. Yeah, I did. And I and look at that. I'm admitting it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say I never said that. I mean, come on. It's yeah. on my own show. I mean, you know, it's all. I mean, if I'm lying like that, I'm only embarrassing myself. <laughs> like, if you admit, if you admit that you were wrong, dude, people might still give you a hard time. But at least at the end of the day, I didn't. I, I didn't commit any bullshit. I mean, if I were lying, I'm doing exactly what I vowed not to do on this show. I'm bullshitting everybody. You know what I mean? In other words, I'm a hypocrite. So, so yeah. No, I mean, I'll. Dude, I mean, I've, I've even said on the show, if Pres- if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, if Prescott wins the Super Bowl, not only will I take responsibility for downing him, I'll apologize to him. I'll even invite him on my show. That would be great. Yeah. I want to be, be a part of that one. That would be nice. Definitely, uh, but the Cowboys have to win the Super Bowl first. I mean, with this defense going, you, you might have you – might, you might be calling up Dak. <laughs> But you know, uh, what you, you know what's so about- frustrating for the freaking Rams is you know they lost losing to a team that didn't even have like that only had seventy six passing yards. I mean, oh, oh that that's just that's that that's so humiliating right now. If you're Los Angeles, you know it's it's what's interesting is the Rams came in with one of the worst rushing offenses in the league, while the while the rushing the Cowboys rushing defense, believe it or not, was one of the worst in the league. And and and, and I basically and I was going to say earlier the week. Normally we say guess who wins, but that's usually the offense. But this week, no, it was the it was the defense that won. I mean, Cam Akers, thirteen carries for thirty three yards. I mean, Cam Akers just ran into wall after wall after wall. The fact that he got up each time, man. Yeah. No, I'm impressed with the depth of the defensive line. I think 
besides Noah Brown finally becoming a good NFL receiver uh, and Tony Pollard being as electric as I thought he was and Tyler Smith being a great rookie, I think fourth in line probably for me is that depth on the defensive line. I really thought it was Micah Parsons and D-Law and that was it. But there's really so many guys and they they run them through so often with their packages and stuff that there's so much depth on this defensive line I'm really impressed with. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is what we've wanted for so long. And, you know, and speaking of, you know, coming of make up for mistakes, you know, when Gallup, you know, dropped that pass, like that was he was just so wide open. He dropped it. And, you know, he, had, he ended up making for it with that particular catch, like kept the, kept his feet inbounds. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. I, I just I just love how the, the offense immediately runs, runs, runs before before Sean McVay can throw the red flag down. But the way I saw him like that, yeah, there's I mean, he had control. His toes touched. That counts. But then again, the referees can still decide and say, nope, he didn't catch it because, you know, there's so much officiating is, is complete BS nowadays. But, but man, I'm, 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 that catch by Michael Gallup. Yeah, that was pretty. That, that was pretty. You know, and CeeDee Lamb, too, you know, you know, like also, you know, had a drop as well. Well, you know, he caught it, but then supposedly caught it. But then I, thought, I thought if he fumbled out of bounds, like, well, if he fumbled out of bounds, fine. Because it's still our ball, but apparently he never had full control of it. I'm like, that was pretty tough. Yeah. What do you think about CD Lamb? Do you think he's the number one receiver the Cowboys thought he would be? Well, he's getting there, but he's not. He's not there. Well, it's been tough because you know he doesn't have Dak, but but he is connecting well. You know, I do think he can be. I'm I'm just still unhappy that they got rid of Cooper, but we got nothing out of it. If we had gotten something out of the Cooper trade, then maybe things would be a bit better. But the problem is, we got nothing. But I mean, at the I'm same time, we can't forget Cooper. Cooper's health was always a problem, but still, when Co- Cooper still knew how to make plays. I think Amari Cooper's had one good game as a Brown. I keep keeping up with him. You know, I see him on uh, on fantasy here and there, just kind of keeping up with him. And he's had maybe one good game. And other than that, I mean, he's been a decent receiver, but he's not a number one receiver, and he was not worth what we were paying for him. I mean, I would have liked something other than like what a fifth round pick that we got for him. But honestly, I think getting rid of him has kind of been the best thing. You have uh, Noah Brown coming up. You have Michael Gallup becoming a good number two receiver still. Uh, CD Lamb coming into his own. Then you have guys like Fajoko that get in every now and then. And Jalen Tolbert's finally getting on the field a little bit. I think you have people that you don't have to pay a receiver $16, $18 million a year right now. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I mean, we'll just have to see how the season plays out. And like that, if if things continue to go bad with Cooper and the Browns, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But so far, it doesn't seem like it's really that much of a problem. But yeah, but speaking of Tolbert, I think he's he's been active. Like he was only active so far once. But uh, I mean, I just hope because, you know, I I have high hopes for him, for Tolbert, for Jalen Tolbert. So uh, I really can't believe that he's only touched the field like maybe one or two games. Like, I'm, I'm really, not sure why he's been. I'm, I'm really not sure why he's been inactive. I just think he hasn't been playing well in practice. That's honestly what I think it is. Like he's he's just not an injury. There's been no injuries. He's just been inactive, and maybe they're yeah. not disclosing an injury that he might have, but he's just not playing well, and that's kind of scary. But also, we have the receivers, and just let him learn and grow, and I'm sure he'll get playing time soon, and be better for it but i just thought i just thought that yeah he's been apparently a healthy scratch all year 
all year. Yeah. So, so well, there's a five days ago a story. If you'll ever suit up for the Cowboys again this season, I'm like, I mean, I, I would hope so. I mean, if there's a game where we already have, if the Cowboys already win the division and there's the number one seed is already there, which would be amazing, then there's a game to keep out our starters. And yeah, you know what? Let them play. But but you know what? Noah Noah Brown. I mean, I mean, doing absolutely fantastic. As, yeah, far as, Schultz, as far as Dalton Schultz go, I, I, I'm probably never going to start. I'm probably not going to start at all this the rest of the season because for the back-to-back weeks, both my teams lose. I was three and zero in one league, and now I'm three and two. I mean, I mean, fantasy football. I've always had bad luck, so I mean, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz is very hit and miss for me. He has good games and he has really bad games. He's a good tight end. I just really don't think. I, if I remember correctly, this was a contract year for him. It is, yeah. I don't know how much better we can get. I don't know what the open market would look like for him or what's in free agency coming up, but if we can get around not paying him as a top tight end, I really hope we can. Cause I mean, I don't think he's a top 10 tight end in the league. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, well, I think he's on a tag right now, That's but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see him sticking. I really don't see him sticking around. I really don't. And, you know, and honestly, even if uh, Tolbert doesn't play, I mean, our our kick return specialist, Kevante Turpin, the former Horn Frog, you know, I mean, even though he's better, you know, sticking with, with the kick return duties, I mean, you know, he can definitely play wide wide receiver too if we need him, like put him in a few times. And, and I'll never forget one time, I, I even suggested the idea, you know what, hey, why don't we put in Trayvon Diggs a few times for some wide receiver snap? And he says, no, 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 let's not do that. That would be interesting, but no, we need, we need him on defense. <laughs> yeah. We definitely need him on defense. Definitely need him on defense. I also, want to put, I also want to put Micah Parsons at running back, but, you know, that's never going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see what it would look like. Um, yeah, actually, I, I forgot he has this. Uh, he, was, he used to be – he was a running back in high school. Yeah. And he yeah. was also a defensive end. And he's so explosive, man. I'm sure he'd be good at whatever he did. He's just a great athlete. Yeah, but as far as the tight end position goes, if we lose Dalton Schultz, it's really no big deal because, you know, we got the other guy we got from Wisconsin, and I believe he's Jake Jake Ferguson, and there's also the guy, Peyton Hendershot. Yeah. Which finally, it was a surprise that he was able to make the through the team. So, but, you know, um, you know Noah Brown, I think Noah Brown might have had another quiet, might have had a quiet game this time, although he, he only had one catch for five yards, but, you know, uh, I mean, the fact that, you know, Although Lamb and Gallup did have nine catches for a combined uh, 97 yards. Yeah, we had 102 total receiving yards. <laughs> yeah, it's 102 yards, and we won by two touchdowns. That's so crazy to me. Like, How are you, you going to win by two touchdowns and you have 102 passing yards? And it's not like, I mean, the running backs did play well, but it's not like they had crazy games. Like Zeke and Pollard both had good days, average days, but they weren't crazy. The fact that a defense just won a game by two touchdowns is wild to me. It 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 is, and I'll be honest. If this happens all season, if the defense just continues to do what they do, and then somehow miraculously they win the Super Bowl, you know what? Fine, fine. I, <laughs> that's fine with me. The de- the defense it got it done, and you know, and that garners a bit of pride. So, but you know, st- you know, like again, you know, that nineteen without the based on how the offense was, if it wasn't for that 19 yard fumble return, I'm really not sure if we would have won, but you know, but of course, you know, but if that 57 yard run also wouldn't have happened, who knows what would have happened, but 
But I mean, the, the Rams have that one play with Cooper Cup, and then after that, it was all over. But now, I yeah, I get the Rams' offensive line is a major problem. But you know what? To be honest, our we've had our we've had our fair share of offensive line you know struggles as well. But you know Matthew Stafford. But let's be honest, Matthew Stafford's been bad since the beginning of the season. I mean that game against Buffalo that kind of says something too, and, and the Rams defense too. It, it, like talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, no, the Rams have not been the Rams of normal recently. I'm not really sure what's going on with them, but uh, yeah, they're definitely not what they were supposed to be coming off of a national championship. You know, they uh, <laughs> definitely should be playing better. I'm not sure. I maybe just. Father time is catching up to uh, Stafford. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> that, that happens, though. You know, you win a Super Bowl and you kind of have a little bit of a hangover, and then you catch up through the end of the year. I bet they still make the playoffs. I bet they probably even still win a playoff game. I think they're going to be a good team. Whenever you have the best defensive player in the league, or maybe the second behind Michael Parsons as and Aaron Donald, you're still going to win games. No, no, no doubt about it. But going back what, with the offense right there. Uh, you know, what, what, what's your what's your predictions going forward here, man? How do you think the season is going to go? Well, right now I, I got to see if we can get past how we can how they can do against the Eagles. Huh? Right now, the fact that the the fact that our, the the division, the NFC East, all of a sudden has three very good teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, the, the Giants all of a sudden. I mean. The, the fact that the, the Packers blew that lead against the Giants, huh? and, and you know, the, and the Giants lost, you know, Sterling Shepard to a torn ACL, and they're still doing fine. I mean, I'm a little worried for Thanksgiving, man, because we got the Giants on Thanksgiving, and I really want to see the Cowboys win a Thanksgiving game because that that hasn't happened in four years. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, man. The NFC East, besides the Commanders, are doing very, very well. I'm pretty worried about the Eagles game coming up. They've just been Jalen Hurts have been playing lights out. But if I think our pressure keeps up with how our pressure has been, our secondaries aggressive as they have been, I really think that we have a shot. You know, if we keep them under 20 points like we've been doing, all we need to do is put up 21 and we're good. You know, if we can, if Cooper Rush can be adequate and not lose the game by making dumb mistakes as he's done all year, I really don't see a team that we can lose to at that point. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles against the Cardinals, I mean, let's not forget it, it was a missed field goal that kind of really saved the Eagles. And, you know, and Jalen Hurts didn't even have a touchdown pass against the, the Cardinals. I mean, the running game, dude, Philadelphia's running game was limited. Miles Sanders had 15 carries for 58 yards. And and Jalen well, Jalen Hurts, you know, was a league was the team rusher for that one. 15 carries for 61 yards, and, and he, he scored two, two rushing touchdowns. So, Yeah, that's what we're going to have to worry about. We haven't really played a mobile quarterback like that yet. We're going to really yeah. see, I think, a guy like, you know, Leighton Vander Esch, who has had a good, quiet year, but still a good year in the middle of that defense playing behind that rush. But if he lets, if he lets Jalen hurts, just run and do whatever Jalen hurts wants to do. It's going to look really, really bad. I really think LVE has got to have a big game and spying the quarterback. If I know Dan Quinn at all, they're going to have that in place. They're going to have someone keeping an eye on Jalen hurts so that he doesn't just go off. 
But yeah, I think they're going to have more than one player. I mean, they're probably going to have Parsons on one side and then one on the other. I mean, they're going to have the bases. They need to have the bases covered. But so. yeah, I mean, I think we can keep it up. Would uh, so? How bad does Dak have to play for you to want to keep Cooper Rush in the in the game? If Dak comes back and we start losing, how bad do you think that has to be? I don't. I don't even know. I mean, uh, are they have they speculated that Prescott is coming back in this for this one? Um, he I I don't think he can fully grip the ball yet, and that's kind of what they're waiting on. That's but, exactly what they're waiting on. He says he feels fine, everything. He just can't grip the ball correctly. But what I'm wondering is, is Jerry Jones saying, let's just keep him on the sideline until we have a bad game and then throw him back in? Because right now, if he puts Dak in against the Eagles and we get beat by 20 and Dak has a bad game, the entire Cowboys fan, fan base is going to be like, get Dak out, put Cooper Rush back in. And Jerry doesn't want that for his franchise quarterback. I mean, the fact that, I mean, honestly, like I said, right from the beginning, you know, Prescott being paid the way he does, I was never for that. I mean, you can keep him, but he's going to have to, he's going to have to accept a much smaller deal. But yeah, is it really fair to all, but I mean, sometimes I feel like, is it really fair to to go to Cooper Rush and say, well, you've done good, but Dak's healthy. So we're going to put him back in. Is that, is that fair to say? Because after all he's done, but you know, even if, if I'm Cooper Rush, I'm like, if it's frustrating, then fine. But you know what? Hey, I'm the one. I'm the one who's four and zero. You know, I beat the Rams. You know, I beat the Bengals. So our our defense beat them, but I understand. Well, okay. Yeah, you're, you're, well, you're right. Yeah. Although, although um, he I mean, didn't lose. Cooper Rush did. You know, do do his part of it now and then. But the offense, yeah. See, like, basically, I, apparently, I forgot it was the, the defense actually beat them too. But well, the defense beat them, I guess. Period. Right. <laughs> But the game against Philadelphia is, is going to speak for itself. I mean, I'm, I'm going to need some extra time to even come up with a preview because I got to go make sure I get every single detail out of it. But I mean, five and zero Eagles versus four one Cowboys, and the Cowboys their their record in the NFC East lately kind of speaks for itself. So that that can't be ignored. But you know, the games after that, you got Detroit and Chicago at home. I mean, so I mean, so if you lose to the Eagles, and you're you're four and two now. You're gonna have to go six and two after that. You you gotta beat Detroit and beat Chicago because after that you're at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. So after that you're in Minnesota. Man, I'm more worried about that Detroit game. I know the Lions' offense has kind of fallen off since they got some injuries and stuff, but the Lions have been playing so good lately. I'm kind well, of a you know well, I'm a fan, but I'm also a little bit a Lions fan for some weird reason. Amon Ross St. Brown is becoming one of my favorite receivers. Well, Calvin Johnson is definitely one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen. But, well, you, you mentioned Detroit. Detroit is one of four, but Detroit's defense is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if I don't know exactly how bad the rushing defense is. I mean, if we can run the ball effectively right from the get-go and keep doing it, then then great. I mean, now, they, they beat Washington, but, you know, but Washington you know, is terrible as well, but. See, you look at all the points that Detroit has allowed. They've allowed they allowed 38 points to the Eagles, then they allowed 28 points to Minnesota, 27 to Washington, 48 to Seattle, 29. They just got they just got shot out by the Patriots, you know, who are down to a third string quarterback. So yeah, that that Detroit Lions defense, the Cowboys better take advantage of it, but they still at the same time, you don't want to under you don't want to under, underestimate Detroit. I mean, 
We'll never forget that time when the the, the Cowboys had a 24 point lead and ended up blowing it. But you know, but Detroit was a good team at that time. A young Matthew Stafford. Was that the the Matthew Stafford where they were at the goal line and he hopped over the goal line the last second to win? I remember. No, that was that. that was that was in 2013. But it's but it was. I mean, that's when we literally had the worst defense ever. That game haunts me. That was such a good play by Stafford. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, I remember my rage during that game. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, just imagine if I had been in the room. I mean, if, if I had been at work with you that day, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, although it, it was tough, you know, working that 2018 season. I mean, at least the first half, and then things got better. I mean, but, you know, but but sometimes with the Cowboys, I mean, if they can beat the, beat the Eagles on Sunday – That'll be huge, but you know you, you got to beat Detroit, you got to beat Detroit and Chicago at home because after that you got Green Bay and you know the the crucial part of the season you know then all of a sudden is appearing. You know what I'm worried about is after is, after Chicago you got uh, you got the bye week so. Yeah, what I'm kind of worried about though is going out and you know we beat Philly, we beat Detroit, and then we lose to the Bears because that was the Broncos last year. We were doing real good. We were beating everybody. And then the Broncos stomped us, and we couldn't get it back the whole rest of the year. And that's been the Cowboys' mo for a few years. Of you know, they play to their competition. They play good whenever they're playing good teams, and they play terrible whenever they're playing terrible teams and get beat. So I mean, no, I'm when no. they they come out and play good against a good Philly team, but they've got to play good against a bad Detroit team and I guess a bad Chicago team. Yeah, so I, I think if if Rush does great against Philadelphia, you know, I, I would not mind if they kept Rush in for the games against Detroit and Chicago because you know if you can get Dak Prescott ready to go by the time they get Green Bay, which is after the bye week, that might actually be good. Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with them saying that Dak's hand isn't one hundred percent until Cooper Rush proves that he can't do it. And until he proves that he can't win in big games or beat good teams, keep Cooper Rush in there. I mean, that's how Dak won his job. That's how Dak became the franchise quarterback. You had a good Tony Romo who got hurt. Dak came in and played his tail off and won rookie of the year. And they never let Tony Romo play another snap. I mean, he played a week 17 game or whatever. But besides that one little drive, he didn't get anything else. It was Dak's job from there. I don't think Cooper Rush is going to be that guy. But I think until Cooper Rush can prove that, yeah, I'm not the guy, he's undefeated. You you don't know that. Five, he's 5-0 five and oh as a starter for the Cowboys. Can't ignore it. But, but moving forward, uh, I think against the Eagles, I think the Cowboys do have a chance, honestly. I, I, I really have a bit of faith. But, you know, coming in against this game against the Rams, I mean – I I, you know, I I had a, a a few things you know that concerned me and you know if they can get past the Rams then I mean the Eagles will be tough but you know it, it'll be tough I mean Devontae Smith versus Trayvon Diggs is you know th- that that's the matchup right there and it'll be tough but I think the Cowboys can, can find a way to pull it off now without Jason Peters that'll probably be tough but you know but the Cowboys were okay without Peters against the Rams but but I, I think the Cowboys do have a chance but it's it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think the the Eagles game is really going to show, like, okay, are we just playing good against bad teams, or are we actually going to be a contending team this year? I mean, because I'm looking at the, uh, the Eagles' schedule. I mean, 
the only good team I guess you could say that they beat, I mean, should we say that it's Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, but even Minnesota is, I mean, they're having good games, but they're not a great, great team. I mean, if you have Kurt Cousin as your quarterback, you're not going to be a great team. You know, looking at the schedule, the Eagles, they beat Detroit, although they let Detroit come back. They beat the, they beat the Vikings soundly, and, you know, they beat Washington 24-8, to where they sacked Carson once nine times. <laughs> they they were trailing 14 nothing to Jacksonville, but came back and won. And, of course, that game against Arizona, so... I know, so yeah, so, so you're not, you're not, you're not exaggerating when you say that you know are the Eagles really as good as they say they are, or are they really as good as they look? But maybe they played bad teams. Yeah, maybe they played good against bad teams. They haven't run into the Cowboys yet. Oh, well, and, and we'll have to wait and see. And the Cowboys defense need if, if they can dominate against Philadelphia, then then that then they fully they fully solidify themselves. You know, they basically have earned the respect. Yeah, I mean, if they, I think even if they just beat the Eagles with a backup quarterback, and depending how Cooper Rush plays or whatever, but I really think if they do beat the Eagles, that's solidifying. Like, okay, they're here; they're gonna actually be a contender this year. Right. <laughs> but you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But I got, but I got, but I got faith. I mean, now all of a sudden, I'm starting to feel like I'm feel I'm feeling a little bit pretty good. I mean, I, I beg the Cowboys, please, like, you know, make, make, you know, make me eat my words. I mean, prove me wrong. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I've been, you know, I, I always expect my Cowboys to win, but in the back of my brain, I've always been, yeah, they're going to prove me wrong again this year. They're going to prove me wrong again this year. And they really haven't done it yet. So. I mean, when they, I'll say, as far as I'm proving me wrong, I'll believe it when I see it. And when they do, I'll, I'll you know, I'll take full responsibility for my doubts. So I mean I I can't I can't hide that everybody knows everybody knows you know my, my stash of the Cowboys there's no hiding it at this point so that, that's that but I think I I think we've, we've we've talked about everything that there is to talk about but you know the last thing I gotta say about the game about the Rams is I mean Cowboys go into Hollywood and just bam <laughs> they they put on a show man they really showed we're here. Yeah. We the ready. exciting, the exciting part is, you know, the show that I'm part of tomorrow with, with another production company that I that I'm partnered with. I mean, one of the guys who have been who introduced me to podcasting, who's been with me, who I do a lot of work with. He's a diehard Rams fan, so <laughs> I get to rub that in his face a little bit. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I mean, <laughs> no, but he's gonna, he's gonna have to acknowledge me because I actually picked the Cowboys and he picked the Rams, Ooh. and he was always he he would always give me a hard time for not picking the Cowboys. And I and I did. I'm like, and he and, and he and from a post, he didn't want to give him credit immediately. He called him a disaster waiting to happen. How do you lose to the Cowboys? I'm like, and I thought I was bad. Look at that. <laughs> I'm not the. Looks like I'm not the worst, but yeah, you're you're doing good things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I watch that. All right, thank you so much. So, anything else you got to say, my friend? Go Cowboys, man. All right. Well, nope. <laughs> before I let everybody go, I gotta remind, I gotta give the message for my sponsors that Cowboy Soft is proudly brought to you by Fanatics, and Fanatics is your number one place to purchase fan apparel. You can get over five hundred thousand items from the likes of the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just find a link in the episode description. You can get your sports merch and then take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is part of the Fanatics experience. 
so you can save money and get your pro wrestling merch today. And finally, Cowboy Sock is also proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus, where you can stream live sports as well as your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at only $4.99 per month, and you can even cancel at any time. So subscribe now. You can even get a free trial. So if you want to subscribe, setting up your account takes less than two minutes. You can set it up and start watching your favorite shows immediately. And finally, Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Matt, once again, thank you so much for coming on, and I cannot wait to have you on again soon. Yes, sir. Let's do it again, man. All right. Well, thank you very much, and everybody have a good night.